ready in the midst of a storm tonight. You'll appreciate this. This morning, church family, God has been good. We, um, I tell you, it takes uh, it takes a little something to make a production like this come together, and there's all kinds of adjustments that have to be made. But um, we have made them. We are here. You are here. So let's start by just thanking God this morning. Let's just start by giving God glory on this morning that he blessed us to see another day. Lord God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah to, this, to your name. And, and I'm going to publicly apologize and repent right now because the Lord just said to me, you better do this. I apologize to this group of folks right now. I apologize to you all because the fact of the matter is what you all do, the rest of us don't do. You all are the ones to get up in the morning and sacrifice and get here early and set all this stuff up so that I can talk and they can hear and the word goes forth. We're live streaming again this morning. So I publicly apologize to uh, the, the, these dedicated young women and men of this church family who sacrificed so hard for being impatient. That's, that's my bad, and so I publicly apologize to you all because I don't do what you do. I can't do what you do. So I want us to just give the Lord a hand for these young folks this morning. Amen. God be the glory. Thank God for them. They make it possible not only for us to have service on Sunday mornings in this parking lot, they make it possible for folks in many states across the country, possibly, around the world to see our services as well. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. Be exceedingly glad in this day. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, keep your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. Just say these four words whenever you feel at your worst, even if you don't really feel it in your heart. Say them anyway. God, I trust you, and I promise you God will show up and show out and he will do whatever he needs to do. We're going to ask for an opening selection from our musicians this morning, and then we'll continue on with service.
of social injustice and oppression and others say that it doesn't exist and so it's causing uh, people to riot in the streets, protest. It's still harvest time. In the midst of whatever it is you're going through in your life right now, whatever storms, you may not have any storms in your life if you don't thank the Lord Jesus, but as I heard many people say years before me and they still say, if you haven't had any kind of real storm or challenge in your life, just keep living. It's coming. It's coming because the Lord Jesus himself said that we would have problems, we would have challenges. But he also told us to fear not. He said, because I've overcome the world. We keep our trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus. Even in the midst of everything that we're facing right now, it's still harvest Time. Come on, let's thank the Lord one more time for these musicians on this morning. Amen. To God be the glory. As we prepare uh, for our giving on this morning, I'll ask that the trustees and all who are going to go ahead and get started with that. I'm just going to share a, a couple of things with you. First of all, let me welcome everybody here again this morning, our own church members and certainly those who may be visiting. We welcome you to Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, where this is the end of your search for a family church, our church motto is, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things uh, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I want to say happy birthday to all of the October birthday folks. Whoever you are, this is covering the whole month. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Uh, my own sister ha actually has a birthday on today, so I need to reach out to her before the day is over. want to remind you 
If you have not done so, the, the, the timeline to complete the census has actually been extended. So if you have not done so, you can go to one of our platforms, rsnbc.com, our Facebook page. You'll find the information there to either do the census online or you'll find a 800 number you can call in to do it over the phone. And certainly if you just Google 2020 census, you will be directed to a site or several different sites that will allow you to, uh, to, to complete the census. Early voting uh, will be beginning in Northampton County and across the state of North Carolina. I think it's next week, this week, I think it's the week coming in. October 15th, okay, starts so thank you, April. Starts on October the 15th, so now please make sure, if you haven't done so by now, it's not too late. I don't think it's too late. Please make sure that you are registered to vote. And then I encourage you, and many others would encourage you, I would suggest to you, go ahead and vote early if, because you don't want to get to November the 3rd and any number of things could happen um, that you could not be able to get out and vote on that day. So register first, make sure you're registered, and then take advantage. If you haven't already done a mail-in ballot or absentee ballot, take advantage of the opportunity to vote early. Also want to just share a piece of information. Uh, found out that um, one of our musicians, Brother Ricky Majet, is not with us this morning. He called me the other night and said that his wife Swanda's uncle, a man named Charles Jacobs, who was 76, year old, 76 years old, uh, he passed, and then the funeral is today, um, and so Ricky and Swanda have gone uh, out of the county, gone uh, south of us here to uh, a funeral this afternoon for Swanda's uncle. So let's keep, uh, let's keep Ricky uh, and Swanda and, and the family in our prayers. And we know there are many, many others who are sick, uh, and we, we pray for all of them. But we also have a praise report this morning, too. Brother Joe Bass and his wife, Sister Chris, they are with us today over there in that red van. Let's thank the Lord that Joe and Chris are back with us. They have been away for us for a long time because Joe has, as, as many of us know, Joe has had a, uh, an ongoing health challenge that he's been going through. But thank God he felt good enough to uh, come today. And to be here, he and Chris, we've been praying for them as they've been up and down the road. We've Many of our church members have offered their assistance, and, and Joe and Chris have accepted uh, their assistance in any way that, that they could over the last uh, several months. And we will continue to do the same. And Joe, as soon as service is over, I'm going to make my way over there uh, and get as close as I can to you social distance-wise and uh, make sure I say hello to you and Chris on this morning. If you've been away from us for a while, we're just glad that you're back with us on the day, and we thank God for you being here. Amen. I think I've covered everything I need to cover right now. All things pleased, gentlemen. All things come up Thank you so much for your generous giving. Please continue to honor the Lord by your tithes and your offerings. Uh, we'll have now a sermonic selection. 
and we'll move on then with the word. Amen. Growing up as a child In my mother's care My mother told me He will always be there On my Now I'm a grown man Anybody this morning can testify and say, Lord, oh Lord, Lord, I am, I'm depending on you. I'm going to say it one more time. Growing up as a child, in my mother's care, I never will forget it, my mother told me. She said, Stephen, don't worry about nothing. He will always be right there. I'm a, wit I'm a witness now. I, I'm a grown man. Help me say, living, 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 living on my own. I can truly say, Jesus, he ain't never never left me alone hey, oh Lord, Lord I am I'm depending on you sometimes I tell them ain't nobody but me and Jesus Lord, Lord I'm depending on you oh Lord, let's go and try this thing can't sing it long I'm dependent, I'm dependent, I'm dependent, I'm dependent on you. Is there anybody here can testify? Say the word. I'm dependent, I'm dependent, I'm dependent, I'm dependent on you. Oh, I'm dependent, I'm dependent, I'm dependent. I'm when my money gets funny, I'm when my change gets strained, I'm when my friends get few, I'm don't know what to do. I'm I done found somebody I'm I can lean on. I'm found somebody I'm I can lean on. Y'all may want to know I'm who I'm leaning on, oh, I'm depending on Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, there's power in that name, demons tremble at that name, say that I love you, Jesus, I want you, Jesus, I need you, Jesus, gotta have you, Jesus, 
I love you. I love you. Jesus, Lord, I want you. I want you, Jesus. Lord, I need you. I need you, Jesus. Gotta have it. 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 Can I tell the story about Jesus? Can I tell the story about Jesus? What Jesus? One Sunday, one Sunday morning, he got up with all power. In his hands, do you believe it? You ought to tell the world. Say, I love him. Jesus, Lord, I want you. Jesus, Lord, I need you. Jesus, gotta have you. Oh, Lord, Lord, I am. I'm depending on you. Lord, Lord. Depending on you. Amen. Depending on Jesus, that's the right thing to do in all times and in all situations. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity once again to hear a word from you. Holy Spirit, use me as you will to preach and teach your word with clarity and with conviction. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, I'm not going to be before you long. I'm going to start today a sermon series uh, that's called Divine Decisions. The sermon series is called Divine Decisions, and I'm, I'm, I'm using 2 Chronicles 7.14 as the, as the foundational scripture for this sermon series. Again, the sermon series is called Divine Decisions. There will be three messages within this series. But today, specifically, first sermon from this, from this is going to be uh, coming from the book of St. John, chapter 8. Verses 31 and 32. St. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. This is the first message in a, ser a sermon series called Divine Decisions. Today's message, number one, is from St. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And this is what it says. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, uh, verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Verse 32, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Church family and those visiting with us today, just for a few minutes, I'd like to have us uh, reason together from this thought, the truth matters to God. The truth matters to God. I believe, and some of you may feel the same as me, that um, these United States of America may be on the verge of a national implosion, a national implosion destroyed from within. It's clear to me that it won't take much for this nation to become a place of anarchy 
where everybody just does whatever he or she wants to do, and if you got enough weapons and enough bullets to, and enough of a big gang to back you up, you just go around doing whatever you want to do. Or, or our nation, if we're not careful, could, be com- could become an autocracy. That means that we have just one man who has unlimited power. I, if we're not careful, church family, our, our, our nation could go either way. But I want to be clear about this. If, if either of those two things happen, and I pray that they won't, and I know you're praying that they won't, but if either of those two things happen, I believe Jehovah God will hold the Christian church as much to blame as he will any other group. Amen now. We're good in the church to point the fingers at others and say, oh, it's the sin of that folk. It's the sin of these people over here. Uh, it's those LGBTQ folks. It's those unwed mothers. It's those, those criminals, those folks. that have, we, we are quick to point the finger at others and say they are the cause of the problems of the world. But the reality is we've got some blame, too. And the reason we've got some blame, too, because it seems that for a lot of Christians, the truth doesn't matter anymore. In today's world, truth is whatever people want it to be. Amen. In our world today, the truth is whatever you want it to be. Folks tell each other and say about each other all the time, tell your truth. The truth um, is a revolving, ever-changing, uh, defin- has a revolving, ever-changing definition and Um, It may be acceptable to unsaved people, but it should not be acceptable to Christians. Let me say that again. To have the kind of truth that we have today where it's situational. In other words, whatever I decide the truth is, depending on the situation I'm in, well, that's what the truth is. Now, that's okay for unsaved folk. It's not right, but I understand why they feel that way. But it should not be the same for Christians. The only truth that matters to us should be the truth of what Jehovah God says. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus was talking here uh, to some Jews, the Bible says, who believed that he is the Son of God. That's critical, y'all, because even today in Israel, many Jewish people do not believe that Jesus was or is the Messiah. So, so this is a critical point. Remember, Jesus is talking to a, a group of, of Jews here who do believe that he's the son of God. And he said to this group of Jews, he said, if, if you hold to my teachings, that means if they would accept and practice what he said, Jesus said, then you will be my disciples. You, you are the followers of me. It's one thing to talk Jesus. It's another thing to live Jesus. That's all I'm saying. That's true for me and everybody else. Then verse 32 says this. Jesus says, then because you have accepted and you have practiced my teachings, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus' words back those over 2,000 years ago, they are just as real for us today as they were for those Jews he was talking to because even though we are Gentiles, anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile, but because we accepted Jesus Christ, he made a way for us to be part of the body of Christ. We have become the adopted sons and daughters of Jehovah God. So the same words he spoke to those Jews apply to us. If we will hold to his teachings, if we will accept 
and practice what he says, we will be his followers, and then we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is talking about, first of all, spiritual truth. He's talking about, number one, the truth of who he is. Well, who is he? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the son of the living God. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lamb of God. He's the lion of Judah. He's the one that was there when the father said, let us make man in our own image. He's the one that woke you up this morning. He's the one that gave you breath in your lungs. He's the one that put food on your table. He's the one that's allowed you to work all those years. Some of us, some of y'all work for little or nothing, but some way or another, you raised four and five and six children on less than under the poverty line by income, but God made a way somehow. That's who he is. He's the right on time God. He always shows up and he always shows out. He may not do what you and I want him to do, but whatever he decides to do, it's going to be the right thing. It's going to bless our soul. Now, that's if you believe him, if you trust him. You don't have to trust him. And Jesus ain't mad at you if you choose not to trust him. That's on you. But if you don't trust him, then whatever your life is, it just is what it is. That's who Jesus is is. He's talking about the truth of his holy character. What is his holy character? The, I can sum it up very simply. The Bible says that when Jesus came to earth wrapped in a human body, this is over in Hebrews, I think it's around the fourth chapter, but anyway, in, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that when Jesus walked this earth in a human body, just like we have, the Bible says he was tempted in all ways, just like we are. Yet he was without sin. That's what makes him holy. Jesus didn't have mean-spirited thoughts toward people. Jesus didn't get mad and lose his cool and cuss folks out. Jesus didn't get mad and jump on people and go to fighting with them because they so-called disrespected him. And he got disrespected all the time. You think a man spitting in your face, you think a man slapping you upside your head ain't disrespect? Matter of fact, there's a video that a couple of different people have shared with me. It's these three people, these three black, young black men singing. They say, uh, try Jesus, don't try me. He said, because I, I, I lay hands, I throw hands. And they said, try Jesus, but don't try me because I'll fight. See, that's who we are, but that's not who he is. So Jesus is the one whose blood was pure. And that's why when he died on that cross and his blood was shed, it now covers our sins. So, so he's talking about the truth of his holy character. He's talking about the truth of who we are without him. Who are we without Jesus? We're nobody. We're nothing. I don't care who you are. I don't care what position you hold. I don't care who your father was, who your mama is. I don't care if y'all got $111 billion in the bank. I don't care if you command the most powerful army in the world. Without Jesus Christ in your life, you are nothing and you are nobody. Why? Because Jesus is the one who validates our existence, not man. We get hung up, even in the church. We make celebrities out of folks in the church. But without Jesus, none of us are anything. But the other side of that is with him, we can do all things. Jesus is talking about 
the truth of human beings with him. And as I said, we know that with him, with God on our side, with Jesus operating in our lives, with us trusting and doing our very best to obey Jesus, anything and everything is possible. And Jesus rewards us for our obedience. Jesus will give you that supernatural, uncommon favor where things happen for you that you weren't even expecting to happen. And just because he's so pleased with you, he'll open doors for you. He'll take care of some problems for you. He'll, he'll, he'll just do something completely that you didn't. He'll make people that you don't know treat you like a queen or a king. Some of y'all have had that experience. You've gone places and gone into stores or restaurants or been uh, moving around in a new setting job-wise, and you didn't know anybody in there, and everybody that came up to you treated you just like you were somebody royal. Why? Because the favor of God was on your life, and only Jesus Christ can do that for us. Amen. So, so Jesus was talking about a spiritual truth, but now there's also a practical truth, and Jesus is talking about that too. And, and the practical truth, and this is for you and us, is that we are to speak honestly and factually. We are to speak honestly and factually. Jesus did that all the time. Jesus didn't lie about anything. And Jesus just said what was factually true. And he expects you and I to do the same. And I know that's right. Because the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 says this. Therefore, each of you, talking about us as Christians, each of you must put off falsehoods. What's a falsehood? Telling or spreading lies and deception. He says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehoods and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Why, Jesus? For we are all members of one body. We've got to put off falsehoods. We got to stop lying and we got to stop distorting and, 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 and uh and deceiving folks with what we say, because we're all part of the body of Christ. That's what Jesus said. And let me say this real quick. There's no such thing as a little white lie, or a big black lie, or a middle-sized green lie. If it's a lie, it's just a lie. Amen now. I mean, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying we, we, we got that in us too sometimes. Well, you know, I just kind of fudged a little bit on my taxes. I ain't, you know, I, I wasn't really supposed to take that uh, deduction, Marvin, but, you know, the tax man said it was all right. Yeah, but the tax man ain't going to jail. You are if they catch you. Amen now. So Jesus said we got to stop. During my 59 years now, moment of, of total transparency, I don't think this is going to come as a shock to anybody, but during my 59 years of life, I haven't always told the truth. During my 59 years of life, I haven't always told the truth. Amen. And if you're honest with yourself, you probably haven't always told the truth either. But, and, but here's the good thing. Jesus says he will forgive us for lying if we ask him to. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But listen, after we ask him to forgive us, we also have to repent. In other words, after we ask Jesus to forgive us for lying, we got to stop lying. That's, that's it. That's what the repent is. Sometimes we confuse repentance with forgiveness. Forgiveness is what Jesus does. Repentance is what we have to do. So after I ask Jesus to forgive me for whatever it is, I got to repent and stop doing it. In this case, we're talking about lying. Listen, I may not be able to stop lying by myself, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you want to 
change the course of your life, you got to change the way you think. And if, you, and if it's hard or challenging for you to change the way you think of your own, if you're a Christian, all you got to do is ask the Lord to help you. If, you. if you ask the Lord to help you with this issue, whatever it is, he will help you. He may not change you overnight, but if, when he knows you are sincere about wanting to change something that you know is sin in his eyes, the Lord will himself help you change that in your life. But I also need to remind uh, us that Jesus expects us to speak divine truth and practical uh, truth to our unsaved family members and friends. Matter of fact, Jesus holds us accountable to protect the truth. Jesus Christ holds you and I accountable, responsible to protect the truth. There are millions of people in this world who are waiting to hear truth about Jesus from us. But when we as Christians, when we engage in telling lies, when we engage in defending lies, when we engage in ignoring lies for our own selfish reasons, whatever those reasons may be, we lose all credibility with unsaved people. There are some of the greatest men and women of God walking the face of the earth in terms of how we see them. And we, you know, we, oh man, they're wonderful, aren't they? And with some people who know them well, they have no credibility whatsoever. Why? Because those folks know the real truth about them. Those folks know that, no, they ain't all they trying to present themselves to be. And, and, they, and they're telling us one thing, but in reality, it's a whole different thing. So, so Jesus holds us accountable to protect the truth. Unsaved people won't listen to us if they see that we will defend or protect or ignore lies when we hear them. And when we do that, church family, we bring discredit to the name of Jesus Christ. And he's definitely going to hold us accountable for bringing discredit to his name. My assignment today and with this whole sermon series, but, spe but specifically with this message today, my assignment is very plain. I just want to remind all of us that the truth matters to God. The truth matters to God in my personal relationships. The truth matters to God in my professional life. Or if I'm a young person, I'm in school, it matters in how I engage with my peers. The truth matters to God uh, even in my political preferences. Amen now. The truth matters to God. You can be mad or you can just simply ignore what I'm saying. But you cannot ignore what God says about speaking the truth and telling lies. You cannot ignore what God says about speaking the truth and telling lies. Well, what does he say? In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. It says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Men, not many male people, meaning anybody. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are truth, who tell the truth. Psalms 34, verse 13 says, keep your tongues from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Amen now. I just, I'm not making this up. I give you the references again. You go look them up for yourself. You can look at any transliteration of the Bible you, can, you want to. They're going to all still say the same thing. Proverbs 12 and 22, Psalm 34 and 13. Speaking the truth, not telling lies, is especially critical now 
as we have begun the process of electing a president and other legislators. Every law, everywhere, every level of government, local level, state level, national level. Speaking the truth and not lying is especially critical now. All of us should want honest and ethical people to represent us. And by the way, if you want honest and ethical people to represent you, then we need to be honest and ethical people ourselves. Amen now. If you're a Christian and you have not already done so, please remember this. If you're a Christian and you haven't already voted, if you're a Christian and you haven't already voted, please remember this. The truth matters to God. And when you're ready to vote, and I want you all to hear me very critically, hear me very clearly, and you can be as critical as you want to, but, but hear me please. When you are ready to cast your vote, do not allow your pastor, a popular TV preacher, or some Christian celebrity tell you who to vote for. Amen now. Don't let your pastor or a TV evangelist or some celebrity, Christian celebrity, don't allow them to tell you who you vote for. You vote your own Christian conscience. Amen. Now, if you happen to agree with somebody to say, oh, you should vote for him or her, then that's fine. If, that's, if, if, you, if you truly believe that's the right person, but don't vote for somebody just because somebody you hold in high esteem tells you, oh, that's the right person you should vote for. Some preachers and church members may be using scriptures like Hebrews 13 and 7, or they may use 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 to convince you or to try to coerce you to vote for the candidates that they support. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 is talking about obeying leadership or leaders in the church. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 talks about obeying elected or appointed leaders outside of the church. But let's be very clear about both of these scriptures and other scriptures that are like them. If any leader is immoral or unethical, or if any leader asks you to do something that is immoral or unethical, God does not require you to obey or to submit to that leader's authority. You need to understand that now. I don't care how much you love whoever she is or whoever he is, and yeah, they sang so good, but if they're asking you to do anything that's illegal or immoral, or, or if they, yeah, if they're asking you to do anything that's immoral or unethical, you do not have to submit to their authority. God does not require you to. And it would be wrong to support a candidate who is engaged in immoral and unethical behavior. Now, when I say it's wrong, this is what I'm talking about. All of us have something in our past. All of us have something that if it was brought to light, we would be ashamed or embarrassed about, should be ashamed or embarrassed about. But what I'm saying is when a person has a continuous track record, even now, of being a liar, a deceiver, a deceptor, you need to think about that before you cast your vote for that person. A famous pastor on TV, I heard him say a few weeks ago about one of our elected leaders. He said, you know, well, you know, because this man had been caught in a lie. And this famous TV preacher said, well, you know, uh, he doesn't always hit the mark all the time. And, and none of us do. And, and, and there's truth to that. But there's a difference 
in not always hitting the mark and not even trying to aim at the target. Amen now. There's a difference in not always hitting the mark and not even trying to aim at the mark or aim at the target. Amen. We are not obligated to obey Christian leaders or celebrities who do not speak out against political candidates or public service who continuously lie, distort the truth, and engage in unethical behavior. Because truth matters to God. I need to address some of my brothers and sisters in Christ who are famous church leaders and famous celebrities. Uh, these folks who, if I call some names, most of us would know these names because they are big-time popular famous people in the church world, but they know who they are. St. Luke chapter 12, verse 47 says this. This is from the NIV. It says, That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. God has entrusted some Christians with great worldwide ministries. A lot of these mega ministry stars call themselves or they are affiliated with the evangelical movement. Not all of them, not all of them, but many of them are. But here's the point I want to make. Because you have great influence over thousands, maybe millions of Christians in this country, the people who follow you represent a gigantic and a crucial voting block. Some of you, some of these, uh, some of my Christian brothers and sisters who have these worldwide ministries, some of them are asking us to vote for candidates who have a well-documented, continuing history of lying, distorting the truth, and engaging in unethical behavior. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, I say to you if you're doing this, it is wrong to support candidates who clearly do not value the truth. It is wrong to support candidates, any candidate, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, your party, my party, Tea Party, anybody party. It is wrong for us to try to get people to vote for candidates who do not value the truth. We have 10, excuse me, we have 210,000 deaths in the United States today, and the number is, is going up every day from COVID-19. We don't know how many lives could have been saved if our commander-in-chief has simply told the truth. The truth matters to God. Every Christian leader, every celebrity should stop using God's word to try to persuade people to vote for candidates who don't care about the truth. Every Christian leader, every Christian celebrity should stop using God's word to try to persuade people to vote for candidates who don't care about the truth. You cannot justify supporting a lying, unethical candidate with God's word. It just won't, it don't, it, you can't do it. You cannot justify supporting a lying, unethical candidate by using God's word. The truth may not matter to you anymore, 
but the truth still matters to God. In fact, the Bible tells us what God does to people who are habitual liars and deceivers. Psalm, the fifth chapter, verse 6. This is what the Bible says that God does with people who just lie and lie and deceive and are unethical and just don't care anything about the truth about what's right. Psalm 5 and 6 says, You destroy those who tell lies. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men the Lord abhors. That means he hates them. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 5. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who pours out lies will not go free. Amen now. I, look, I ain't make this up. Look it up for yourself. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Church family, Jerry Falwell Jr., I believe he was a warning to the rest of us. You and me and those at the, the highest levels of, in the body of Christ, those who have the highest, biggest worldwide platforms, I believe Jerry Falwell Jr.'s situation, and I'm not judging him at all, but I'm telling you, I believe God used that as a warning to the rest of us. As we continue to live with serious problems in our nation and in our world, let's be reminded that 2 Chronicles 7.14 is clear. It says that Jehovah God will heal our land. He will hear from heaven and then heal our land if, if Christians will do the things listed in that scripture. We must decide that the truth matters to us as much as as the truth matters to Jehovah God. And, and I, I end by saying to you, if you have a problem, if you have a problem, if you're torn within yourself about what is truth and what you should do when you know the truth, when you hear God's word and you know what God expects of you, but you're still torn because you feel like you owe an allegiance to somebody else, I ask you to just go on your knees in prayer. If you can't go on your knees, lay in the bed, drive down the road, whisper a prayer to God, and ask the Lord Jesus to show you clearly what it is he wants you to do. And ask him to strengthen you to do what he wants you to do. I know Jesus will help you because Jesus is the only one who can change everything in the twinkling of an eye. He came to this world so that we would know the truth and that the truth would set us free. He set us free not only from the bondage of dying and going to hell. He set us free from the bondage of being concerned, overly concerned, about what people think about you on this side. There are a whole lot of folk don't like you just because you're a Christian. You've never done a thing in the world to them. You never said an unkind word. You might even be praying for some folk who hate your guts. But that's okay, because if Jesus is with you, it's more than the whole world against you. He came here. He let people lie on him. He let people beat him and abuse him. He let people make him carry a, a rugged cross up a hill called Golgotha. He let men and women who were not truth seekers put nails, spikes in his hands and in his feet. He let 
untruthful, lying, wicked people put a, a, a sword, stick a sword in his side, and his blood came rushing out, blood and water. He let men put him in a borrowed tomb, and he stayed there for three days. But on that third day morning, Jesus Christ got up with all power in heaven and on earth and under the earth in his hands. That's why you can go to Jesus, because he's the only one who can help you, especially in a critical time like this. The truth matters to God, church family. Whether I believe it, whether I like it or not, the truth matters to him. And the truth needs to matter to every one of us. We're not going to always do everything right, but we should quickly repent when we sin against God. We should quickly ask for forgiveness, and then we should repent. We should ask the Lord to help us stop continuing in whatever it is that we're doing. And lying and deceiving and engaging in unethical behavior when it comes to the truth, we got to stop that. we got to hold ourselves to a higher standard than the world holds itself to. And if we do that, God said he'll hear our prayers and he'll heal our land. Come on, let's give the Lord some glory today. Amen. I am. Um, I went a little longer than I intended to, and I, I, I admit that, I acknowledge that, but I, it's critical, y'all. I don't think we really understand, well, I don't know if we fully appreciate that God is waiting for us to do the right thing. Not unsaved folk, they're not going to do the right thing. God is waiting for more of us, more of us, because some of us do. Some of us do our very best to live lives that are pleasing to God, and I thank God for you. You are role models and encouraging to me. But more of us have to decide that truth does matter. And one of the problems that's going on in our nation right now is that so many Christians will ignore the truth because they want to see a particular person hold offices. That's not right. My political preference should never be more important to me than the truth of God's word. And I've just shared what God's word says. Some of what God's word says about the truth, it matters to him. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you now for this opportunity to preach and teach your word. And I pray that you have been pleased with what I said and that somebody's life will be positively changed upon the hearing of this word. Lord, also for those who may have heard this word today, may hear it in the future and they're not saved. If you're listening and you're unsaved and you want to give your life to Jesus, you've been moved by the Holy Spirit to give your life to Jesus Christ. Please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the son of the living God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I ask you now, Jesus Christ, to be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. You are now part of the body of Christ. And you are entitled to all the blessings, all the favor that God promises all in his word who will come and submit themselves to, to him. I'm going to ask the uh, musicians just to give us a verse, and then we'll be dismissed. God has always stood by my side. He has always been 
Church say Amen. Amen. 